Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, oh my god, all this shit's happening. <laughs> Hello and welcome to All Through a Lens. This is the podcast about film photography where we discuss a little more than just film photography. I'm Vanya. And I'm Eric. And we're back. Yay! We've been gone for a few (laughs) weeks and we'll tell you all the hell about it throughout the entire show. But first, Vanya, uh, now that you're back, how are you adjusting to being back? Okay, so I can't be the only person that does this. Maybe it's just like living in a city in general, but when I go out of the city and come back, I'm kind of like on this cloud. (laughs) Yes. And uh, people cutting me off and traffic and whatever just does not bother me. Sometimes it lasts for a very long time. Sometimes as soon as I get into the city, like on a freeway, it ends like my vacation is done but sometimes it lasts a little bit longer and i'm just in a good mood and i feel refreshed and sure kind of ready to just go back to normal life yeah um so i was kind of that i was doing really good i was happy i was excited about all the film i have to develop i went surfing like a day or two after i got back which was great yeah And then like two days ago, I went surfing and someone decided that they wanted to lay out all their political shit on my shoulders and I had to get out of the water because it was a nightmare. Like I did not ask for it. And it unfortunately like took me off my cloud and now I'm just back to normal. And that kind of sucks. (laughs) So that was a very um, rude awakening. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I didn't even ask for it. It just happened. And yeah. also, it's it's like, I said this, like, it's a sickness. <laughs> yeah. And then I went away for a little bit and kind of cleared my mind and was ready to be back. And now I'm like, oh, God, okay, here we go. I'm back now. <laughs> this is This is life. Yeah. But I do have some super positive things in my life right now. I get to restart doing this podcast. Yes. And that's awesome. That is. Developing has been great. I've been having some good success with that. So, Eric, how about yeah. you? How You have come back actually just recently. I was back yeah. a little longer than you. So, how are you adjusting? My trip was almost a solid month. I've got over 80 rolls of 120 to develop <laughs> and 150 sheets. And so I'm going to be busy for quite a while. Uh, and of course, after that, or probably during that, uh, zines, lots and lots of zines, which we have got some news about coming up. Yeah. I mean, okay, 80 seems like a bit much, but this is kind of your like shooting season and this is what you will be sharing throughout the year. So I guess yeah. it makes sense. But yeah. holy shit, 80. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot. I it's thought I lot. had a lot. I was like, huh. oh my God, I have like 17 rolls. Oh, you have <laughs> more so than much. that. You have more than 17. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of film, but I'm going to have a lot of fun developing it and a lot of fun sharing it with people, whether it's on, on uh, social media or in zines. I'm really excited about showing people what I'm doing. Yeah, me Yay. too. Very excited. So, should we go into the answering machine? Yes. Let's. I mean, I'm assuming we just have dozens of. <laughs> oh, it's it's. We had to hire an answering service to answer the phones for us because <laughs> both of those things are still things, right? No. So, um, 
very recently, we asked you guys on Instagram, uh, basically to catch us up on what you've been up to this summer with photography. And we've heard from a few people. It was kind of short notice because uh, we're still getting used to being back in front of the mic or behind the mic or what would it be? In front of the mic? That Next is to the a mic. very good question. Mic adjacent. We are not, we're, we're getting used to being mic adjacent. <laughs> yes. So take it easy, you guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll try our best. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, everyone. This is Jesse Haunted Film Co. on Instagram. You know, thanks for listening to the podcast. I've been super fired up to make a zine for the first time. And I've really spent July exploring a couple of small towns around my home. So I live fairly close to Mammoth Cave National Park. So there's a lot of tourist stuff dating back to the early 1800s around. You know, lots of crumbling old buildings, mid-century motels, old cars, tourist trap, trinket huts, that sort of stuff. You know, pure gold for film photographers. So I'm shooting on a Bronica S2 and mostly Porsche and Velvia, and I'm really trying to capture that sun-baked summer road trip in the South vibe. Yeah, this was really a place where people would come to uh, when they had no other place to vacation. You know, Kentucky has always been a very poor state, and a lot of times people couldn't make it to Florida or make it out west to Route 66 during that era. So you would go to Cave City, or you would go to Mammoth Cave. And I'm really excited to finish design and get it off to the printer. Thanks for all the inspiration, you all. Ooh, square. I'm liking it. There is so much in this message, and I'm glad we're starting with it. Because when I was listening to it, I'm just like, oh my god. Okay, first, he's making a zine, and that's awesome. Yes. I know we've got got a backlog of zines to review, which is embarrassing, but wonderful. That's exciting. and more zines, the better. I know that that people have said, well, it floods the market and all of that. But you know what? Maybe we should stop thinking of photography as a market, even for those of us like me who kind of use it to pay the bills sometimes, especially now. But it shouldn't be a market. So everybody makes zines if you possibly can. Second, fucking Bronica, man. I know. Eric really wants a Bronica. He actually had one. He ordered one, had it in his hands, and the guy that sent it did not pack it correctly, and so it came broken. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good rule for shipping cameras. One, take the lens off the body. Two, please wrap your camera in more than one very thin layer of bubble wrap. <laughs> And if you have to, if you absolutely have to use a post office provided priority mailbox, don't get another box. Just just <laughs> shell out the coin for another box if you have to or double box it. But don't just use a priority mailbox, even though they're free and they're wonderful. They're very thin and it will break your camera. <laughs> it will break your Bronica S2A that you're shipping to me. Stop doing that. <laughs> The second, I've been to the, the, four, the lower 48 states, but the one I've explored the least is Kentucky. And I've always wanted to really, really do like what he's doing, exploring like the, the old tourist traps in the South, mm-hmm. including Mammoth Cave and Cave City and all of that. And I, I don't know, it's, it's one of those places that's a little too far away for me to just drive. I'd have to really make some plans and some sacrifices to do it. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait to see what he comes up with here, especially from somebody who's who's obviously from there. Yeah, that's very exciting. Hey, Eric and Vanya, this is Dan uh, Treed at Dan Tree Photo on Instagram. Um, basically, this summer I've been experiencing a lot of insomnia, <laughs> and so 
I haven't been able to do a lot of concentration on uh, stuff that I might need to do when I'm in the darkroom, but um, I have developed some film and I've still been shooting, um, but right now I'm out at uh, Fish Lake in Utah. Um, I came come out here every year and the last few years I've been trying to capture photos of uh, Pando, um, which is a lar large uh, aspen organism. Um, and so yeah, just out here right now doing some pinhole photos and, and uh, some of my large format and just trying to see what I can get. Um, anyways, it's a much needed trip. Um, anyways, hope you're all doing well. Thanks. Have you been to Fish Lake? I have not been to Fish Lake. I would love to see Pando though. I've I've wanted to see Pando. For those who don't know, Pando is it looks like a forest, but it's one massive tree with a bunch of trees growing out of it. It's one massive root system. So all of the trees are one organism. It's one gigantic organism. And it wow. might it might be a million years old. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it looks like a regular aspen forest, but okay. it is not. It's something that I think, uh, I, I, I guess I, I should have incorporated this maybe into our trip, but it's, it was, uh, you don't, you're like an anti-tree guy though. I'm not, I'm anti-coniferous. Uh, I like, I like deciduous trees and this is a deciduous tree. So yeah, very cool. I hope you get some wonderful pictures of, of Pando. It's pretty amazing. Hey guys, this is Julian Watley at Julian Watley the Fourth calling. My summer photography has been very all through a lens podcast and conspiracy of cartographers inspired. Eric, thank you for turning me on to Kodak Verichrome Pan film. I bought a bunch of rolls that have an expiration date of 1962 on them, and uh, I went out to the Trona Pinnacles, this uh, cool geological area out in the Mojave Desert of all places. It was hot, 100 degrees, but I got some really cool stuff. Uh, great looking film, love shooting it. And then I've, I've also been shooting expired Kodacolor 2, developing it all myself with C41. And it's um, been great and Ooh. Ooh. Well. So um, that's fun. Yeah, have you shot Veracrom Pan? No, not yet. Okay. I would recommend doing it. Apparently, apparently Julian is buying up all of the, all of the, the rolls. Uh, <laughs> Throw me I, one or just I, save one. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing that a few years ago myself. Um, it is wonderful film. You can get it. He was saying it from like 63 or whatever. It's still going to shoot almost like new. I don't know what magic... Kodak use. And I really shouldn't even be plugging this because I'd like to get some and I probably can't at this point. But I hope maybe somehow they bring it back or <laughs> maybe they find like a whole truck of it somewhere. Like, oh my thinking. God. Yeah, it would be neat uh, to see it again. Uh, it was a beautiful emulsion, probably the best black and white film ever made. Mm -hmm. Probably. Wow. And definitely the one with the longevity. I mean, you can still shoot it almost box speed. And that's pretty crazy for a film that's um, that old. But, I mean, they did. I recently did get a few rolls of it from the 90s, from some 90s expired stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same formula or if it's the same emulsion exactly, but uh, we'll find out. And I'm sure it's just as good. I'm going to try to shoot at box speed. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, that's incredible. Well, sounds like, you know, he's busy getting out of L.A. and doing yeah. fun things. 
in the hot. I I know a little bit about the hot. I did some hot this this <laughs> this past month. Yeah, we've um, had hot. Also, I realized that my van doesn't work. Like if well, it, it goes, your van's air conditioner doesn't work. Yeah, your van your van works fine. It works fine, but no air conditioner if it's like above ninety degrees. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I get the I get the the idea of it. Um, you don't need an air conditioner when it's over ninety degrees. <laughs> Science tells us that. All right, let's go. This is Jamie Maldonado, Jamie M. Photo. I spent my summer taking 43 different portrait sessions on my computer, distance FaceTime portraits, and that's kind of fizzled out now that people can roam around freely again, sort of-ish. But since then, I've been taking photos again in person very carefully, so I can't say it's been bad photographically. Jamie seems to be busy. He's been making videos. I actually have to catch up on that. I know he's got a YouTube channel now, so yeah. I will check that out. But yeah, I did see some of those um, portraits that he was doing on the computer, and I thought that was like really interesting, kind of neat. I haven't been able to watch those yet. How How is he doing it? I've heard about people doing it. I'm like, well, how do you get around the flicker and around the, like, the weird, you know... Um, distortions and, and more effects. I think that's part of it, honestly. Oh, but, is it? Okay, so that's incorporated. Yeah. It. So it's like a Max Hedrum sort of thing? Okay, so you're like asking me, like, I just watched it. This was like months ago. Okay. <laughs> so what are you doing to me right now? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hardest working man in show business is not James Brown. It is James Maldonado. <laughs> hey, folks. Jelly Guys here. Um... This past month, I uh, got some slides back that I'm really happy about uh, from the company that uh, shall not be named, but uh, the slides were good. And uh, I've been biking around town uh, taking pictures of the new subdivisions they're building, which are uh, really quite horrid in a, in a fascinating way. Um, they're probably not going to be that photogenic, but I guess uh, somebody's got to document document the uh, the prefab kind of car crash that's going on around here. But uh, anyways, uh, glad to see you guys back. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, prefab car crash. And that's that's completely right. That's what, I mean, I get it. There's People just no, live. like, it, it's basically why I do not step foot in Orange County. I need things to look like, oh, they did not plan ahead. Oh, you know, this is fucked up. There's like, you know, five roads coming into one intersection. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I'm a very, I like my cities very well planned. Um, I like having, you know, bike lanes and, and things like that for a very well-planned city, but I do, um, well, I live in Seattle, so it's nothing but a skyline of cranes and it's been that way for, for almost since I've moved here, there was a little drop in it like right away during the recession, but now it's, it's still, it's still going. I think the tech companies might be reconsidering now with COVID, you know, like, oh shit. We can work from home and save us a ton of money on, on office rent, off office space. But uh, have you thought about documenting like the growth like that? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so in El Segundo, I have kind of documented the growth of the town. Um, they just decided to change Sepulveda into PCH here and call El Segundo a beach city. So, yay, now my rent will go up like two more thousand dollars <laughs> because now we're a fucking beach city. Okay, so I guess uh, we should answer this question ourselves. I mean, we're kind of doing the whole episode about this, but 
Vanya, what, what have you been up to for the past few weeks? So I was on the road for about three weeks. I traveled with my daughter for most of the time. I, my brother lives in Colorado, so I actually dropped Marley off for the week that I was in Kansas. Mm-hmm. So I can just kind of focus on um, photographing yeah. because she's 13. Yes, <laughs> yes. Traveling with a 13-year-old. Um, is amazing in so many ways, and it was fun, and I got to listen to her taste in music, which was actually pretty good. But as far as, like, stopping and driving down dirt roads and photographing in the heat, I don't think that she would have enjoyed that. So she stayed in Colorado in a air-conditioned home playing with kittens. So That sounds great, honestly. I might, next vacation might be that for me. (laughs) (laughs) So it was interesting because it was almost like three trips in one. Yeah. There was the beginning portion in like the family portion of it because I did spend some time with my brother and we Mm -hmm. did Fourth of July in Colorado. And that was really, that was really fun. And then it was the Kansas part. Yes. And then at the end, it was like a mix between uh, family shooting and... Uh, dirt roads and travels, but with Marley. So she got to like get a little taste of that. Yeah. How how did she do? She did good. I might have another trip or two up my sleeve. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) How about you? What'd you do? uh I have no idea. It's something very similar to yours. Oh, weird. Uh, Yeah. Um, I was on the road, like I said, for about a month. Well, most of that was by myself. And I've been doing these kind of solo trips for three years now. And I, I really like it. There's something really unique about being like alone and and, and not just photographing alone because I mean, kind of all of us do that. Mm-hmm. But being well, I isolated, and all of us are doing that now too. But really, <laughs> being isolated, you know, you're being when you're when you're by yourself on a road and there's nobody around for like you know 10, 20 square miles. There's a certain magic to it. I think like if you're doing street photography, you have to wait for a certain, you know, alignment of people to show up and, 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 you know, get your photo, I guess. I don't really do that. Or, you know, if you're, if you're shooting around people, you have to like, you know, kind of take, you know, their, their desires and their, their wants into consideration. But if it's just you and the camera and the scene with really no time limit, other than like, maybe you're going to wait for light or something, you've, you have a complete freedom there that you just don't, anywhere else with photography it's maybe in the studio i guess it's maybe this is the closest to studio work that i get but we did travel together for some of that so i wasn't really alone we met up with ann holland yeah uh, we did and, and <laughs> we met up with each other and that was very different for me as well i've shot a little bit with you before and, and never with ann and i rarely shoot with people at all so shooting with 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 one another person you uh was was kind of game-changing in a lot of ways and then shooting with Anne was just like a mindfuck so we'll get into that so yeah it was um i've been doing some stuff i've been doing some stuff and having a lot of feels over the stuff okay i kind of have to pee can i just let it run and come back please, please let it run yeah, please let okay it run. i'm gonna go pee. <laughs> okay, okay. So for this next segment, I think we'll be talking about the cameras that we took and what we shot and maybe other things. 
No, yeah, you know uh, what? You fucking started, okay? <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> you did it. We're going to run with it. Yes, we are talking about cameras. We don't often do gear talk, but this is the- But what okay. we do. <laughs> we we talk about gear a lot together. We, we do. Are all, we are almost always talking about gear. We made it a, a thing on the podcast to almost never talk about gear. So this is a weird thing for us to be talking about gear and yet it's not a weird thing for us because we talk about it all the time <laughs> so vanya yes what did you bring you brought a bunch <laughs> of cameras what are these cameras what did you do what did you do <laughs> i'll be quick about it okay okay <laughs> uh i took the uh mamiya rb67 of course of for course my six by seven format nice. and then i also i needed some square in there so i took my Hasselblad 500c and I actually have like a 50 millimeter lens on that at the moment. Okay. Um, I actually ended up shooting these in a way that I didn't think I was going to. It just kind of happened. I shot black and white in the RB67 and yeah. I ended up shooting color in square. And I just kind of stuck with that. Wow, that's so cool. I didn't. I honestly didn't know that till this moment. Me either. <laughs> in the beginning. And then okay. I just was like, I'm going to stick with this. It makes more sense. And then I didn't have to constantly remember like what film is in what because I knew that's it was going to either be black and white with that or color in that one. And it just made things easier for me. Perfect. Uh, I also took the Pentax 645N, which may have a light leak issue. I don't know. And I'm kind of yeah. pissed about it because that was the one that I want to get a water housing for. Yeah. And that's why I have been hoarding 220 film <laughs> as yeah. well. Well, for. Uh, I took a Canon A1. Sometimes we would stop somewhere and you would get out and you knew exactly what you wanted to shoot. That just sometimes doesn't exactly happen to me at that very moment. Sometimes I just don't know if I see anything at all. So when that happened, I would bring out my Canon or I'd bring out that Pentax and I would walk around and see what I found. When I first came back from my trip, I ended up developing the the Rolly Crossbird 200 from my yeah. Canon, and I was like, "Holy!" Like it kind of set the bar <laughs> it did. a little That's bit. Amazing film. If you guys can get some, I would definitely get some. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yes. It's wonderful. I'm obviously cross processing it. So uh, lastly, I had my Graflex Pacemaker Crown Graphic, yes. and the baby is what baby. I call it. <laughs> So sometimes I'd be like, I'm going to shoot with the baby. The baby is actually my two and a quarter, three and a quarter baby Graflex. Oh, and oh. I had that, that stupid Lomo camera, which was ended up being an asshole to me. The lens is stuck on it. I mean, this is, I've used this at Policon in San Francisco. Yeah. And like here and there, but it's barely been touched. It's almost like Lomography makes shitty cameras. <laughs> I don't know I what mean, to do about their it. Their whole cause... brand is based on making shitty cameras. <laughs> oh, that's mean. It's not mean. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I think what they're doing is great. I think people, if it gets people into like shooting film and 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 like instant film, then. I'm all for it, honestly. But I was just bummed because I broke mine somehow, and I have no idea how I did that. Right, that's the problem. <laughs> it just they stopped make working. shitty cameras, and it keeps it. You know, it makes them money. And yeah, sure, they're going to rebrand some film. That's great, but it leaves a bad taste in people's mouth when they're when they're trying to like you know get into film photography and their and their shitty camera breaks. And they didn't know it was a shitty camera because they don't know the history of lomography. So 
The last thing I did do is I I brought another Instax, just like the mini Instax camera. Yeah. And I took some of those minis and put them in my two and a quarter, three and a quarter film holders and shot a little bit of those with the baby. Yeah. And then ran them through the Instax mini and I, I did get a few shots. It's kind of a pain and it's time consuming. So I didn't do that. Is often, but it, it's not more of a pain than developing it. But you're also not developing on the road. So, yeah. Well, and then yeah. sticking your hands in a dark bag when it's like eight <laughs> o'clock at night and it's eighty-seven degrees still, and, like 4, and the wind has humidity. decided not to show up. Yeah, is kind of <laughs> it's kind it of sucks. rough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. Is it? Tell us your gear. <laughs> okay. Well, like you, I have the Mamiya RB67. Um, I had two lenses for it and two different backs. And in one back, I shot black and white. And the other back, I shot color. Uh, halfway through the trip, the color back, uh, which was a 220 back, um, failed me. The number, like the counter, I think is is not working. It might still work. I haven't, I was just pissed. I've had, I, not pissed. I mean, it's silly to get mad at a camera. But I, I was like grumpy about it. Yeah, you were. I had the Mamiya uh, 645, the old one of the older ones, the J's, the juniors. And I used that. Um, I didn't, I'm never really a big fan of shooting it, but I love the pictures that it produces. And the glass in it is really, really good. I have a 45 millimeter lens for that. So it's super wide. Uh, I shot with the Shomini, the 4x5 that has replaced the Intrepid. And no, no shade on Intrepid. It's, they're, they're really great cameras, to, especially if you're just starting out in 4x5. I really recommend getting a, an Intrepid. But if you're ready for something maybe a little more rugged and a little more durable, or just a little more precision, Chamonix is the way to go. It's a good camera. I really dug it. I used it. Well, I shot 150 sheets through it. So I used the hell out of it. <laughs> and I also had, like you, a Graflex. I have a Crown Graphic. And I threw an old-ass lens, maybe a 100-year-old lens in it. And I was using it handheld, uh, shooting more close-up type stuff. And I'm not really sure what I'm doing with the photos from that. I haven't seen a ton of them. I have a feeling that they're going to end up being a, it's gonna be, end up being a zine there. Mm-hmm. You just make a good scene. So those are my four like go-to, like, I'm going to be shooting these cameras a lot. But I had other cameras with me. I know I, I didn't take many, but here we are. <laughs> Boy, I had the Imperial Satellite, which is a 127 camera. I think there is a zine coming out of that. I had the Ansco Color Clipper, which mm-hmm. is a great, like, if you if you like Holka, but you don't want to deal with lamography. I had a box brownie. Uh, from 1914 and that's also going to be a zine and we had uh, the brick with us uh, and I shot half of the roll and and Vanya shot the other half of the roll yeah it's kind of like the the camera of our podcast since it's obviously like on our logo (laughs) it is isn't it yeah yeah Um, I also shot your Hasselblad a little bit. Yeah. Um, when, like, yeah, like a half roll. Lomo Color 400. <laughs> yeah, and I like Lomo. Yeah, well, when they rebrand film, they do a good job. So is there any, like, film that you shot more of than any others? That is a very good question. I don't think so. Just I mean, I, I brought a bunch of Ultrafine, so I probably have that. Yeah. I didn't shoot any color sheets because, well, first of all, I don't have much of it. Yeah. It's expensive, and I packed my cooler and I left the color in the fridge because I was like okay well I don't want to like sit this out I'm going to get it in the morning (laughs) yeah that did not work at all (laughs) oh no that's rough and you didn't realize that till days into the trip wasn't it yeah 
finally like a week into the trip i was like oh shit it's it's home it's in my oh no it's in my refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) well i shot a bunch of ultra fine i had 20 rolls of ultra fine 100 and 400 I had a bunch of FP4 sheets, and honestly, I'm a little, I'm not good at shooting FP4. I have some ideas, and I'll be doing some of that with Dev Party, probably. Uh, we also both shot some x-ray film. Yeah, I, uh, green sensitive and blue sensitive. Yes, and we got that off of, well, off of off of Etsy from somebody that we, we know, we didn't know we knew him at the time. We got this x-ray film from uh, hand-rolled film on Etsy on Instagram, he is mbartosek, M-B-A-R-T-O-S-E-K. You've developed some of this film already. I have. And it I, looks um, fucking great. I did the blue. Yes. I really like how it came out, and the negatives have like a blue tint to them. They're so cute. And we are probably going to be doing a uh, dev party on this, right? Yep. I'm I would really like so. to. I'm excited about x-ray film. I've never shot it before. I've always wanted to. And I'm really excited. So that's our gear, really. Yay. Uh, we had a lot more, well, not a lot more cameras. We had a lot more film. We both shot a, a huge, vast variety of film. <laughs> yes. And you will be seeing lots and lots of stuff coming out from us with Probably, that overall. Probably, yeah. I'm starting like a whole new zine. Yeah, you are. I'm just still developing right now. So it's really hard because there's some really great pictures and I just want to share them like, oh my God, you know, like my happy truck picture. The Your cheese. happy truck, yeah. Slowly but surely we're getting there. We're just getting back into this and I'm very excited. It's so fresh that just today was the day I put my cameras away. Did you clean them? Let's just say yes. Okay. (laughs) I think that Eric will agree with this. Um, This person we've had on before. I do agree with that. You're right. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Okay, Okay, go on. So today we have a very special guest coming back on the podcast. I think since we had her on, we've kind of (laughs) needed to find a really good excuse to have her back on. And I think we found that. So we certainly did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Without further ado. (laughs) Ado. (laughs) Let's call. Let's call Anne. Hey! Yay! We did it! Hey there! Uh, awesome. So, Anne, uh, we were just kind of sitting around talking like we do, and uh, <laughs> we were we were talking about how we were we were just traveling. Um, how, how have you been since then? <laughs> I've been okay. I've been home, and then I did a little traveling. I'm now in Colorado. Oh, cool! So we had the pleasure of traveling with Anne. It was absolutely amazing it was so much fun uh we just talked a little bit about what gear we brought and we would like to ask you what gear you brought yeah i um i think i went about as far in the opposite direction from you guys as possible (laughs) in that i brought two of the little rolly 35 cameras uh one had black and white film and one had color film and i also did bring an instant film camera um but that was it so yeah, I was pretty puny. Well, that's interesting though, because you brought two of the same camera, 
with black and white and mm-hmm. color. I did that with my with my Mamiya backs. I had one back for color, one back for black and oh, white. Oh, yeah. And then Vanya did that with her Hasselblad and her, I guess, the Mamiya, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. we were both shooting dedicated cameras for color and black and white. That's interesting, yeah. Are we just well, trying to, like, hedge our bets? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think because I like... I like some things better in black and white mm-hmm. or in color. Like it really depends on the situation. But then sometimes I also like to get the same exact thing in both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do do some, like I do some sort of, you know, dedicated, like, Oh, I'm only going to shoot this one thing in, you know, either black and white or color. But then sometimes I do um, want to shoot something both. Um, just to kind of see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, you were basically ready to like, we would park and you were out of the car already shooting. It was yeah, <laughs> it was kind of unbelievable. I think it's because I'm used to traveling with my family. And that's how I have to. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it was inspiring. Vanya was, well, <laughs> she was, you know, collecting herself and Getting, making sure all her T's were crossed and ducks were in a row. <laughs> Absolutely, that's yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. It was it was really rad. You you had this little waste pack, and I want you to talk about this because I didn't really get like a good look at it because I was you know like what he said. I was doing stuff I don't know in the van or loading film and so I didn't really get to um I wasn't really paying attention, but I did know that you had it and you had like your cameras in there and stuff. So he like what what is that? Like what what do you have? <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no that waste pack is kind of awesome. Um so I got it I found out about it because this woman who makes these awesome um art journal kits she's been like all over she and she has these little like uh uh what's the word for it like ripstop nylon um really rugged like art journaling kit that you can fit your sketchbook in and like a teeny tiny watercolor palette and you know your pencils and pens and stuff and so at one point in her feed she had something about that she had teamed up with this um bicycle gear manufacturer for some giveaway and Mm -hmm. it it sort of prompted me to look at their gear and i liked that this pack that i have it straps on to your handlebars for your bike um but then you can and you can like tuck the uh the waist strap things inside and strap it onto your bike and use it as like a front pack and then you can also just quick unclip it and use it as a waist pack on yourself um and so um, I was kind of playing around with what could I fit in there um, and, and could it sort of have everything I needed. And, yeah, I could fit the two rollies in there. And I had, oh, I had one of those photo memos that Mike Padua makes. Oh, yeah. That, to sort of keep track of my shots, which I should be better about. Um, <laughs> you guys were impressive with that. And I was like, maybe I'll write down sort of vague coordinates for the shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, I think I'd, I had snacks. I always have snacks. Um, Do you know the, the brand? Because this, I mean, I'm kind of... The company is called Swift Industries. They're in, I want to say like Seattle or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. So we visited quite a number of places for the short amount of time that we were together. We kind of... We did. We saw a lot. 
We saw quite mm-hmm. a lot. Um, was there a place that kind of sticks out in your head, that your favorite location or a memorable spot or good shot, anything like that? Yeah, I would say two. Um, and okay. they're sort of um, complete opposites. The first was Castle Rock. Like I really liked the oh, cool. walking around it. And then um, I liked, I really liked the shots that I got. Like it was one of those occasions where what I was seeing and kind of hoping that was going to come through on the film did. Oh. When I got the film developed, I was like, ah, yes, that's exactly what I was hoping it was going to look like. Like that's what I was seeing and hoping that I was, was getting on the film. Oh, cool. um, so that was exciting. And then also that was just fun because we wound up like, you know, just sitting in the shade and hanging out for a while there. And it was just so like nobody else was around and it was just really a nice break from everything. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Um, And that was a favorite. But then the other favorite was that small town bison. (laughs) So it's sort of the complete opposite was like out in the middle of nowhere and then in a small town, Um, (laughs) you know, wandering around and taking photos of like, old tractors and things like that. Whereas Castle Rock, all it was, was just the rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bison was amazing. Uh, me and Anne got to walk around and you were, I, I don't know. You went off. I, I was having a, Oh, you were talking with the mayor. Well, at one point, right? I was, yeah. But prior to that, I was in a bit of a funk and I don't know what happened. That happens sometimes when you're traveling, you just get a little down and I got a little down. I don't remember if it was like after like a, a film failure or, I don't. I was just being like a, a whiny little bitch. I don't know what was happening, <laughs> but something happened, and I wasn't happy. And so I just kind of like just hung out by myself for a bit, and then I saw where you guys were, and I kind of wandered over that way, and I started taking pictures of that house with the blinds, and that's when yes. the mayor came up and started talking to me, and he kind of he kind of changed my perspective of everything for the day, and I'm not sure how this old fella in a pickup truck could do that, but he did. Yeah, he was awesome. That town was just great. Like, everything about that town was awesome. I think we've mentioned that town to each other every day since we've since we've uh, gotten back. Yeah, yeah. So well, what you- and, and the fact that, like, the mayor was like, oh, you guys come back anytime. Like, super friendly. Like, he asked if I wanted to buy the house. I know. I was like, I don't understand how we went. didn't wind up with, like, real estate. I know. <laughs> by the time we left. <laughs> he was very persuasive. <laughs> so what was it about bison that drew you in? It had an empty feel to it, but not, but it was more just like a quiet empty versus a creepy empty, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it just had kind of a stillness to it. Um, but at the same time, like stuff was going on, like, like it was really neat to hear like the, the sound of the, um, sprinkler, you know, that was by the playground and just, you know, look and, and talking to him, um, and just, just poking around and not feeling like, and this could be because I'm oblivious to things sometimes, <laughs> but I didn't feel like. Like, I knew that people were sort of watching, because I think that's where we saw the cop car go by, and then the mayor came and talked to us. Um, but it didn't feel ominous, no. um, you know? Um, so I think it was just, and it was it was a sunny day, it was hot, um, yeah. but it just, I don't know, it just had this, like, easy feeling to it, maybe, is the way to describe it. Yeah, um, it had a, a sleepy town feel. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and everywhere you, uh, at least everywhere I looked, there was something that you could photograph. And that was really, yes. that's true. The town was beautiful. Yes. Well, and it had this sort of like, I don't know. Um, it just had this feeling about it. Like people cared about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, it had the, the cool bison shaped street signs. Yeah. You yeah. know, and the, and the trash cans were clever. And, yeah. and, you know, and it was all kinds of little things like that, that made you feel like it was, um, I don't know. It, it was, it was like people cared about it, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it had a good feeling to it. Did you notice that in the signs that would point the way to different things in the town, like city park or church or whatever, the arrow, there wouldn't be an arrow on it. You'd just follow the bison. The bison would be pointed no, in the direction. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I like towns like that, that, that they really, that they do something a little bit extra that other towns don't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't sort of over the top. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't like the, the one town that we went to that was trying really hard to be, look like it was in a western movie set Claflin um, or something yeah yeah, something like yeah. That. yeah you know where you just have this feeling like it just feels phony like this felt genuine like yeah. the the little touches that they had done were sort of these these clever genuine things yeah. um versus anything that they were really trying to like like lure people in or impress people it was more just they were trying to you know, embrace their name and, and, and everything else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We shot, we shot so much in bison. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think the, that day, I think the majority of my shots were probably bison. I'm real yeah. close to it. Same. And you guys also like, Eric, you talked before about maybe you were at a funk because of some film, you know, yeah. glitch, glitch or whatever. But I have to say like the thing that really, impressed me about the two of you was that you know you were trying these like I was doing like this safe thing like I know both of those cameras work it's 35 millimeter film I know how to load them it's you know it's no big deal sort of thing but you guys were doing you were like pushing the envelope on things <laughs> with the films that you were you know trying to shoot and and troubleshoot you know figuring <laughs> out how to load them and no and and like, and there were problems. Like there, there were situations where like the backing paper would get messed up, and you would realize that an entire roll was just ruined. You know? Yeah. Um, and you guys were like so, like I could tell that you were bothered by it. Like it wasn't just a no big deal, haha. You know, throw the film over your shoulder sort of thing. But you, you weren't like, um like raging about it and unable to move on, you know, like you could tell that you guys were upset and, and frustrated and trying to figure out like how to obviously not have it happen again. And then you were like, okay, well now I'm going to do this, you know, like you were very good about just, um, accepting the, you know, these, these problems. Well, when (laughs) you make better than I would have been, (laughs) When you make as many mistakes as we do, you have to get used to it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you. I mean, we, I guess we're both, uh, I mean, when it comes down to it, you're in a spot like this and you may not ever come back to this place. You know, we're thousands of miles away from home and you may have one shot at this and you know that it, it might not work. 
So you have to be resigned to that. It might not work, but you mm -hmm. also have to be able to recover when it doesn't. And recovery yeah. on the road is really, really important. Otherwise, you have a very shitty trip. <laughs> Right. No, that's, that's the thing. That's a good word for it. The whole recovery thing. Like you guys have it down, you know, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I, I just knew that I was going to have some issues and I was already prepared for that. It's easy to just move on because we had there was so many towns and there was so many places still to see. So it was just kind of like, OK, well, what's next? Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so that was exciting. Was it exciting? It was. It was, okay. it was exciting because you never know. Like you just when I explain Kansas to people, because, you know, of course, people are like, why would you go to Kansas of all places? I was like, it's so amazing. And you just are driving for miles and miles on these like dirt roads. And then all of a sudden you see like this little shine and it's a water tower and it's a small town and you drive through and sometimes it turns into like brick road or sometimes it's. It's um, it's actual like a street like asphalt or maybe it's still dirt and it looks like there's nothing there except a granary maybe and like a gas station if you're lucky and that's it. But then you end up, you know, turning, turning into the town or turning right and going down like one residential street and then all of a sudden it just like opens up and there's this like little main street that's tucked away and it's like it's been stopped. <laughs> like time has stopped here, and there's not and no one's around. And it was, it was just so exciting. <laughs> it was so exciting to like be a part of that. You know, you don't really get to see stuff like that in LA. There's, if there is stuff like that, then there's like, you know, fifty Instagram models posing in front of this cute old sign or whatever. So it was just really fun to see stuff like, and wow. no one else was around except us. And we were enjoying it. You know, even like when we saw the slide with the colors and we were like, oh my God, this slide is so cool. <laughs> oh, by the way, Anne would, Anne would go down the slides. <laughs> when, we w when we stopped at parks, she would go down the slides and she would um, go on the swing set also. And it's true. Oh God, it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there were times where I would, I would get, go to get back in my car, again, not feeling rushed, but just going to get back in my car, and I look over and you're swinging on a swing set. I'm like, that's so rad. Why am I not doing this? There were some mighty fine swing sets on that Oh, yes. <laughs> and that sprinkler, I was also like, oh my gosh, just bear with me a moment. I'm going to go through the sprinkler. <laughs> I do remember that. You yeah. went the sprinkler. I just like dunked my head under one of those like <laughs> water thicket things. I get Vanya kind of kind of covered this in her uh, soliloquy to Kansas. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. You and Kansas should get a room. <laughs> but Anne, um, I know we've we've talked to you obviously about Kansas quite a lot before the last time you were on, but. I mean, I guess you could reiterate or, you know, we're going on about Kansas, but you're from Kansas. We're kind of looking at it with like foreign eyes or whatever. Why should people come to Kansas? Yeah, it's interesting because I think I still tend to look at it with with the eyes of an outsider, because even though um, I moved here uh, 20 odd years ago, I still always feel like a bit of an outsider, and I don't, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that I think I see things differently, um, and 
and I still see a novelty in everything um, that I don't think I would see if if I felt like you know this was this was you know my usual or something I don't know yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I just it is it's that rhythm of when you're driving um, sort of this this emptiness and then yeah I find myself always looking for the water tower to sort of gauge you know where the next town is it's got a really interesting cadence when you're on the not interstates like if you know because I think people often when they think of Kansas they talk about oh I-70 just trying to get across Kansas as quickly as possible yeah and to me it's like like that's not a really good glimpse of Kansas um it just misses so much um that when you when you take these lesser traveled roads um you just you then begin to see all of this this stuff that's just really interesting um that you know I think most people miss because even I you know having lived here like I saw stuff with you two that I'd never seen before or even if I had seen it before, like with Monument Rocks, it was, you know, or the campground that I didn't realize I'd stayed at. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just, it, it retains this sort of novelty. Um, like there's just always, there are always going to be more small towns in Kansas um, that, that, you know, I can find. And, and stop in. Um, and there's just no end to all the dirt roads you can go down. Uh, that and that's just, cool. it's a really neat opportunity to just slow down. Um, yeah. I think it's changed the way that I want to travel in the future, like forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I have a, I have a very important question. <laughs> Do you like watermelon? Tell us about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, they've been talking about me. They're probably like, this weird woman (laughs) shows up in a beat-up pickup truck (laughs) with, like, a fanny pack of cameras and watermelon. (laughs) That is true. That is what happened. That's exactly what happened. It was awesome. Oh, man. I love – in fact, yeah, I I do love watermelon. Uh, Yeah. I love it hard, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God, I think she's only eaten watermelon so far. <laughs> but it was it was so hot and oh, I was, was like, Oh, this watermelon is just really keeping me alive. It's, it's <laughs> yes. so wonderful. Seriously. <laughs> um, so I guess for the last question, it'll be the question that we're asking listeners to call in about next week. And so the question is, do you have a camera that you don't shoot with anymore? But you just can't bear to part with it. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. I do indeed. Um, No, and it's really interesting because I have this this conflicting feeling about it. You know, I should shoot with it, but I can't stand shooting with it. Um, (laughs) But I I can't get rid of it. Um, No, it's, um, and I want to like it. And there's nothing wrong with the camera. It's all me. Um, It's just, um, so it's a, it's a, um, it's a Konica, um, just a 35 millimeter, Mm -hmm. uh, I forget, maybe the T2, uh, something like that. Anyhow, it was my grandfather's Mm -hmm. and my aunt gave it to me last year. 
and I was super excited and you know, put a new strap on it, loaded it up with film, took photos and got the photos developed. And I was just like, ugh, you know, <laughs> and, and I think the problem is that and, and this is where it, the problem is me. It's because you have to focus it. And, oh. you know, with the little, whatever that thing is called, the circle in the middle of the, you know, thing where you make everything line up. Oh, sure. But I have, like, horrendous eyesight. And also, if I'm trying to be speedy about stuff, you know, it's not the great... You can't, like, sit there and be, like, you know, sort of fiddling with it, you know, and lose your shot. So, so I'm super frustrated with it because, you know, it just... It doesn't work. Like, I... It and I don't work together, I should say it that way. Um, there's nothing wrong with the camera. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just that together, we're not a good match. Um, you know, because I can't, I can't get rid of it because, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a, you know, a thing from a relative and, it, you know, it has this connection to it. And, and I don't see any solution because I'm like, well, I don't know that I am going to get any better at, you know, lining up this thing in the middle. <laughs> Okay, so one last thing. Uh, we didn't really talk. I have been looking at your Instagram lately, and you've been just doing some amazing things. Uh, any projects you're working on right now? Or are you just kind of day by day kind of working on things? Yeah, I well, I sort of got this weird, like, bee in my bonnet about learning how to draw. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And I saw your tree. It was good. <laughs> you could tell it was a tree. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like we're going for general recognition here. Like. With a mission accomplished. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just I just thought it would be fun because I always see people, you know, when they're out, um, you know, you'll see somebody who's like doing like do these quick sketches of where they are. And I think, oh, man, I would love to know how to do that, you know. Um, it, it's, it's almost, it's, it's kind of similar to the camera in that you're trying to like slow down and really see things and then figure out some way to freeze that. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and the, the camera is so much easier for me. <laughs> um, like, but, uh, but yeah, so I just thought it would be kind of fun to to uh to give it a try um and 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 i thought it might help with the photography because it might get me also noticing um you know gradation of things and oh, light sure. and dark um oh, like yeah. i thought it, it might have some some interesting sort of uh you know crossover between yeah. the two things so yeah so that's why i've been like you know sketching rocks and you know pine cones and leaves and things like that so <laughs> that's awesome i love it that's such a great idea you know find inspiration in that should we uh should we maybe talk a little bit later about uh putting together a zine or something for bison oh yeah for sure that would be awesome yeah <laughs> i think we're all we're on the same yes. page with that yeah i'm trying not to share anything um from bison yeah, I couldn't either. I was very careful. I was like, wait, was this bite? No, this was not bite. I'm like, okay, this one can go on Instagram. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for yeah, coming on, for picking up the phone and, <laughs> and allowing us to talk at you. We do appreciate that. All, All right. right. Well, thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. We will yes, talk thanks, to you Sam. very soon. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
Yeah, we wanted to kind of start recording basically once we got back right away just to kind of get back into the motion of just regular life uh and we both missed it very much yes. so yeah we had a lot of advice for you did we follow any of it well <laughs> we'll see i think we followed some of it i think so i think so the bulk of the last episode was traveling on the cheap for the purpose of photography the longer you can be out the more you can photograph etc cetera, etc cetera. we we did that right we did that yeah, we definitely we did definitely that. We definitely did that. I mean, there was a lot of reasons why we did that. Yes. Not to mention the COVID thing and things being closed. Um, we definitely traveled very distant. It's hard not to be socially distant in these places. You know, there <laughs> yeah. are times when we're the only people within, you know, many, many square miles. A lot of people in my family called me and was worried, like, what are you doing? And where are you? And, uh, you know, all those things. And I kept saying over and over, like, that I have seen more cows than people <laughs> and weeks. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. So how did traveling like this, how did that affect your photography? It was very no nonsense. And <laughs> it was amazing. I didn't have to worry if I was stopping too much for someone it this trip was to take pictures yeah. and that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> like eating kind of like was second it was, oh, it was a all about second. yeah <laughs> yeah it was all about light it was all about shooting it was all about film i talked about film no one got like glass like glass glazy eyed or whatever <laughs> nobody like did. no one drooled it was just so much fun yeah yeah i think you're right i it wasn't a new it's just this was sort of i guess sort of my introduction to you on how i travel and for me it's i mean this is just what i do and it was really interesting to see how you reacted to all of that it, it, how did i react am i a pain in the ass to travel with a little <laughs> but no 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 not at all not at all you you, you fit very well into into my into the way I travel, but also you influence the way I travel a little bit. I'm usually, well, you said no nonsense. I'm usually really like no fucking nonsense about it. With the the COVID thing that was happening or is happening, um, I don't think that really affected too much on the plans because our, our big our big things we were talking about in the last episode were food and camping. And mm -hmm. we didn't do any restaurants and uh, us having... Uh, both having some dietary restrictions, restaurants are, are generally not a good place to get the majority of your sustenance from, especially on the road, especially in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> for the most part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we did go into a few grocery stores. Oh, my, yeah. Always. And um, wore masks. Of course. We were often the only people wearing masks. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. We ate in town parks for the most part. It was nice. It was a little hot, but yeah, we'd, hot. we'd always find like some sort of cover. Yeah. And there was often an old guy mowing the grass right next to where oh we were Oh my eating. gosh. Every single place <laughs> that we would stop. <laughs> so hot. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. But that's what they were doing. 105 degrees mowing the grass. <laughs> but it was nice to have... Um, Running water. <laughs> Almost always there was running water. And the town parks are so nice. And they're often in towns that are a little older and a little more Midwestern. Mm -hmm. And so you get a chance to have a nice little meal and then go and shoot mm -hmm. that town. And so you're yes. out of the car for maybe an hour eating and shooting. And it's just it's just really nice. 
Yeah, a lot of um, steel slides that are still around. A lot of incredibly dangerous merry-go-rounds. Well, we rode on a couple of them. Uh, yes, we did. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying <laughs> death traps of awesome fun. Uh, so the camping part of it, we we did talk a lot about free camping. Yeah, free camping with free showers. Yeah. And no murder. It was amazing. There was very, very little murder on this trip. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. Thanks, guys, for not murdering us. Camping in Kansas was an experience. Oh, it was so amazing. Yeah. Um, it was not stressful. And you could just show up whenever and find a spot. It was ridiculous. Like, I'm just not used to that. And it was so refreshing. And every single campground always has a shower. And it's always free. It's crazy. <laughs> we stayed by water. Yeah. On purpose, yeah. which was very, it was very thoughtful of you. I, Any chance I got to swim, I did. Yeah, that is so true. That helped a lot. Yeah, well, I tried to keep you guys near water. My gills, my gills wet. <laughs> <laughs> tried to keep your gills wet, yes. <laughs> but then also camping at, like when we camped at, what was it, Scott Lake in Kansas. Uh, that, that brought us near Monument Rocks, Battle Canyon, Little Jerusalem State Park, and Scott City, all of which we visited and shot. And so we were able to kind of be in the thick of things while not being in the thick of things. That was very helpful. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> so that covers the kind of the basics, what we talked about last time, but we also talked about how to find shit the photograph. And we went through these long processes on, on the podcast on how we find shit the photograph. And we did that prior to the trip. We kind of did that, right? We, we, we used what we learned and we applied it to our travels, yes. right? I think we did pretty good with that. I think um, so. I probably could have called you a few more. I mean, I called I called <laughs> a bunch of times like, hey, so like in my head, I have this picture that I really want to get. So if you see that, you should totally pull over. Yeah. yeah. The one I didn't get was the um, the wheat. With the silos. That one wheat. Yeah. When we crossed the border and we were like in the corner of three states. Yeah. There was a field of golden wheat and the sky was like the deepest blue possible. Yeah. So it was just like incredible. My eyeballs almost exploded because it was just so vivid and bright and wonderful. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing sight. I think next time what we need are our CBs. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely getting those. I mean, I definitely had you stop a few times and I, you know, I would call you and tell you what I was looking for yeah. uh, to help stop. And then there was just times where I was like, oh my God, please stop, please stop. And you would stop. And yeah. I, I mean, we were kind of on the same page as far as stopping. By the end, we definitely got synced up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Last episode, I was saying that we, that, that maybe just like going down a road isn't the best idea. And we did, we did actually do a, a, a quite a bit of that, which is something I don't normally do. Kind of just mm -hmm. like blindly going down a road and seeing what's there, but in the right light and in the right areas, there's there's hard to find places to not photograph. Yeah. Um, one place that really stuck out was the Peaceful Valley School. Yes, uh, that was in Colorado. Uh, it was this old schoolhouse, and sometimes they're really great to shoot. And so we pulled up, and there were no no trespassing signs. And I always take that as sort of a well, sometimes it can work out pretty well. So we actually entered the building and we I rarely enter buildings. I'm not a I'm not someone who does that. And one of the reasons is as soon as I entered the building, this huge, gigantic owl scared the shit out of me. And and I him, it was a mutual, terrifying experience. Uh, <laughs> he flew away 
And I was just left kind of kind of shaking. I wasn't expecting. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. But we looked around. It was a really a, a neat old place. But the the magic here was that while we were in it, a truck pulled up, mm-hmm. and that's not always a good sign when you're in a building that's not yours and a truck pulls up, because very often it's uh, the owner. And in this case, it was the owner. I took the reins on this one. I was like, "Let me handle you this." You did. How did you handle it? <laughs> I think I was just like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you were very nice. Yeah, and disarming. <laughs> and the guy himself was very nice and disarming. Uh, he owns the building. He, he farms in the area. His father used to go to school there. Yeah, he had some good stories, and it definitely added to that. I, I would say it's rare to find a person who isn't nice but this time we did. We did find some not nice people. Uh, but in this case, this guy was really nice. It was really cool. I'm I'm glad that he showed up. Yeah. He was really kind. He just wanted to make sure we weren't drinking beers and shooting signs. That is true, which is <laughs> apparently a very- it, We waited till he left, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and we broke out the beers <laughs> and the guns. Um, it helped that I knew the name of the place, too. Because yes. it wasn't that I was just there because it's a cool old building or that I was a vandal or anything like that. It was somebody who was interested in that specific building. And that, that really helped. So one of the places we visited was Castle Rock Badlands. And it was the first time, I guess kind of the second time, I really explored the Badlands part of it. Castle Rock is kind of this weird pillar in the middle of a field. Uh, it has to do with the inland sea and and ancient clams it's a really really cool place but there's a badland section to it and i hadn't really explored that too much and so we all kind of went our separate ways and we all explored and and you also kind of this was sort of your first exploration of these kind of places wasn't it in kansas yeah i mean i was assuming that kansas was going to be flat and there was going to be cornfields and wheat and that's about it well you weren't disappointed <laughs> No, there is that. But there's a lot of rolling hills and there's, you know, there's high points and low points. It's not just completely flat. But yeah, like the, a lot of the rock formations kind of threw me for a loop. I was really surprised that those types of places were there. I feel like I I just saw like a small amount of it. And I even asked you if we could camp there because I thought it would be such a cool place to just like hang out all day and um, check the evening. Yeah evening light i think it would be beautiful and then have the morning to shoot as well that was very interesting um i did find some pretty neat things to photograph yeah and uh yeah i mean i haven't even developed those roles yet so i haven't even gotten that far into the trip as far as like development i'm trying to kind of go in order yeah a little bit yeah well it's neat we're actually developing we're trying to develop the same days at the same time like you shot a roll the same time I shot a roll. We're trying to develop those at the same time. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do too. Uh, one of the other places that I really wanted to visit, and we we kind of we kind of crossed it off our, our list uh, until we met up with Anne, and we kind of changed our schedule a little bit. Was Tallgrass Prairie? We mm-hmm. we did a hike. <laughs> we did. We hiked. We woke up early, so it was perfect, yeah. and it. Um, we had a little bit of a cloudy morning. Yeah. So maybe not best for photography, but kind of perfect for hiking. Perfect for a little <laughs> a little seven mile hike. Yes, just a tiny just a tiny little well, hike. Well, what he told me was five miles ended up being seven. Cause by five I was like, I feel like this is longer. 
<laughs> than what you're telling me. <laughs> well, this was the place where, okay, when you go to like Yellowstone or any other place with bison, you know, Teddy Roosevelt National Park or, or Custer National or Custer State Park, they always, you know, like stay in your car. If there's a bison, don't approach them. Just, you know, give them, give them a wide berth. Don't, don't go anywhere near them. This is the place that says, okay, if you hike through this, this pasture, this is where the bison are. And if a bison comes near you, sort of move out of the way. And yeah. it's it's a I I don't know why they allow people to hike in pastures with bison, <laughs> but I'm absolutely I've done it before. I did it this time, and I will absolutely do it again because it's amazing. It's a it really is. amazing. And experience. we saw bison. We did. We and up close. Yeah, we just kind of stood still and kind of watched him do his thing. Yeah. Because they're just like massive. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're just incredible. Yeah. It makes me so sad that there's just not not that many left. But it's really cool that they have them here. They have like a whole herd, which we got to see. A whole herd with baby ones too, you guys. (laughs) Little baby bison. (laughs) They're adorable. Uh, well, a lot of things that we saw were based on things that, you know, that I'd been to before or that we found on Google Maps or other places. There's always a little bit of spontaneity on the road. So we were driving down this road right before the town of Wallace or before Fort Wallace. This part of the trip wasn't and and this specific day was kind of magic. We just had like a good driving day. It really was. And you had, I think, the most uh, impressive magic of the day. <laughs> uh, I saw an old school. I always pull over just to, at least to check it out, at least to kind of see, like, is this worth photographing? And I pulled over, and it was a beautiful building, but they had kind of a, you could tell they were redoing the roof, and so they had some plastic over the roof. It's better to shoot it and then not like your photo than to regret not shooting it. So I got out my camera, and I, I load up the film. I start just look, go looking at it, focusing and metering and all that, and... I figured Vanya would set up a tripod next to me like she often does. And that didn't happen. And I was like, okay, she just like not shooting. I was like, well, God, I, I pulled over. And I'm taking like forever to get this, this not great shot. And she's like sitting in her van, like just, just pissed off that I'm stopped here. And so <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were. So I went over to your van and you weren't there. Where were you? <laughs> I was cleaning house. <laughs> I got out of the car and I just walked the opposite way and I just saw like so much rad shit in this one (laughs) intersection. It was ridiculous. There was like a cool sign. These trees were like splitting for the telephone wires or like electrical wires. There was some really old mailboxes. And again, this is in the middle of nowhere. Like there's just this mailbox. Like a mailman has to drive on this dirt road <laughs> to put mail in this box. It's insane. Like I, it just, it was crazy. Yeah. But you, you did, you, you found all of this magic and that's, yes. As photographers, we always trust our own eyes because we have to, but when yes. you're traveling with somebody else, you begin to doubt your eye a little bit uh-huh. because you're like, well, well, shit, I'm photographing this school and I'm not, I'm not thrilled with what I'm doing mm-hmm. here. And then I discover that you are photographing a lot of other things. I'm just like, shit, I need on you know, that action. Well, you ended up looking around and seeing what I got. I, I mean, it wasn't like you weren't going to no, I, I <laughs> go check it I out. Definitely, uh, I, I definitely copied your work. <laughs> <laughs> so after all of the Kansas stuff, you visited your brother again, and you went camping mm-hmm. with him and Picked Marley. up Mars picked up bars. Mars. 
And we met up in Craig. We had a wonderful lunch while playing with a kitten. That kitten was amazing. Yeah, so cute. And then we ventured down to the gates of Lodor. <laughs> we didn't just mosey on down, though. We didn't, no. One, one does not simply take the interstate to get to gates of Lodor. <laughs> That is true. To get to the gates of Lodor, you have to drive back roads, lots of back roads. It's not near anything. It's part of Dinosaur National Monument, which is mostly in Utah, but this is the Colorado section. And Mm -hmm. you can't get to it easily from the Utah section. You have to kind of go around and around. And when you get there, there's nothing. There's a campground, and that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting, we got gas in Craig, and then that, we did not get gas for quite some time. Yes. We were out there. And so Gates of Lodor is this canyon on the Green River that the river cuts through. And it's just a very beautiful spot. And I had seen some pictures of it. And I was like, oh my God, we need to go there. And the pictures do not do it justice. Our pictures no, won't do it justice. No, you have to experience it. Yeah. Even like I was kind of going through my phone photos because I took a couple pictures mm-hmm. of it. And I was like, this is not the red that I saw. No. <laughs> the red that I saw was much deeper. And it's when you're going down the dirt road to two gates, yeah. you get a hint of it. You see a glimpse, yeah. You see a tiny glimpse of it and you're like, oh, okay, that's that looks pretty cool over there. And then you get a the right angle and it's just like, and it was in the evening. Um, the sun hadn't gone down yet, but it was about to. And the colors just turn, just rich red, and it stands out from everything else. Yeah. You know, it's, especially in that area, it's kind of um, desolate and very muted. So any sort of color kind of pops. It does. It's it's striking and it stunning. Is. It is. And worth it. But uh, there are the most evilest <laughs> creatures around that live in gates of lodor oh the and they are mosquitoes yeah. and they don't give a shit about your deeds <laughs> they don't <laughs> they do not care at all <laughs> no they're, you can see them over in the corner just like drinking deet like just slamming case and case of deet they do not <laughs> care it makes them stronger and just pisses them off yeah i mean i have incense and i like had like four sticks going we sprayed ourselves down and we still like i just got I got eaten. You were, you were devoured. Yeah, you were absolutely devoured. But that was at night, and in the morning, when we did our our walk towards the uh, gates of Lodor, kind of like the little overlook. Mm-hmm. Very short hike, but so worth it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, especially in the morning, it was just gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. And we didn't go back to Craig. We went the back way through Kraus Canyon. <laughs> yeah, so Kraus Canyon was amazing. He said that a sedan can do it. And while I was driving it, because it was very rocky, I was like, a sedan cannot do this. <laughs> <I'm just going laughs> maybe a rental se- sedan could do it. Maybe they meant the rental the sedan. Grades. Yeah, I think a rental sedan could do it. <laughs> yeah, any sort of rental could yeah. do it. But- it wasn't an incredibly <laughs> rough road. There were a few rough spots, but it was a very narrow road with, with canyon walls. that went. It was not quite a slot canyon, but really close. As far as cars are concerned, a slot canyon. Yeah, it was. And very rich, um, rich red yeah. canyon. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. But that emptied out into uh, a bunch of like towns and stuff. But then we got to Nine Mile Canyon, which is a place that I had been many times. Yeah. So the canyon right before my, uh, Nine Mile, the one that shoots you out into Nine Mile was 
probably um, another one of my favorites. Really? Okay. So it was yeah. before. And the Mile Canyon is a very wide canyon. You don't get a lot of canyon feel to it. But going down through Gates Canyon, you really do. It's a, <laughs> And there was like a big storm kind of on the horizon, kind of very threatening. And It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I've got a lot of photos, probably more photos there than Nine Mile Canyon, which was the Nine Mile Canyon is, is kind of a, um, a petroglyph center. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's rock art for miles and miles through this canyon. And while rock art is really beautiful and you, it's something that deserves to be seen and studied and, 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 and found, you know, you need to go out and, and find these places and see them for yourselves. Photographing them isn't always easy or worth it. Like it's like fireworks. Maybe it's, it's, <laughs> you want to see them cause they're beautiful, yes. but photographing them, it, you, it doesn't really convey what it was like. And I think Nine Mile Canyon is the same. It's really neat that we got to see these these huge panels and, you know, from like a thousand years ago. But photographing them is not something we did a lot of. No, we didn't. I mean, the whole time we were driving through it, I was like in awe of just how massive everything was. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, so Marley has an Instagram, so she was like, wanted to go to Moab. So we went to Moab. <laughs> went to Moab. And don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. Canyonlands was amazing. Arches is amazing. Yeah. Uh, camping on the river was great. Yeah. It was it was all wonderful. But it was like my last night camping. Yeah. And it was my introduction back to like people, yeah. honestly. It was the most people I've seen the whole trip. Yeah. And it was it was kind of not my favorite. Helper's town that it's not a boom town, but it kind of feels like one sometimes. And right now they seem to be having a little bit of a resurgence and that's wonderful for the town. Maybe six or seven years ago, I photographed it and it was very depressing in sort of an Asbury Park, New Jersey sort of way. Kind of depressing to be around it, but you do get some good photos. And now that they're kind of refurbishing a lot of the buildings and, and restoring a lot of things, and the businesses are booming and all of that, you don't have that same look. You do have a really nice town to visit, but maybe not a really nice town to photograph. But one of the shops, for some reason, had an entire window display of of Jesus, pa- Jesus paintings. In this case, uh, Jesus was, he was quite the looker. Yeah, he was very attractive. Yeah. He's kind of like photos. if Fabio and Kenny G had a baby and he was the savior, this is what it would look like. He was hot. Jesus is a hottie. And Mars noticed. <laughs> oh my goodness. She yeah, called, it was wonderful. Yes. She called you over and said, Mom, will you take a picture of me in front of hot Jesus? Yes, and I did. did. Why wouldn't you? So through all of this trip, it was perfect. Everything worked out exactly as planned, and there were no mishaps, no incidents, nothing like that involving film or cameras or everything. Shut up. Everything worked very, very well, didn't it? (laughs) There's always going to be a mishap. That's just how life is. Life is misery. and Pain. Pain. And that sometimes bleeds over into photography. Only sometimes though, right? Yeah, I actually had a issue. I totally messed up. I had some old expired Tri-X that I threw in my camera and I didn't retape it. So when I opened the camera, 
I had an accordion of film. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I lost a town. Um, it was Oakley, the town of Oakley. Yeah. And I got some really good shots there. And <laughs> I, I mean, now that I'll never see them, they were amazing shots. And <laughs> they were. They were the perfect shots. Gone forever. Yeah. Now, quick advice on how to remedy that: if you find yourself shooting some old 120 film, you need to at least check, get in a dark bag or a dark room and check to see, to make sure that the tape holding the film onto the backing paper is still working. Most of the time it's not, and you'll have to retape it. And that's okay, it'll still work fine, but you do need to retape it. Otherwise you will, it will come off in your holder or in your back or in the camera, and you will have an accordion of unexposed film when you're done yep. uh, taking pictures. And that's not good. Yep. I still have the film in my car. <laughs> you were not happy. <laughs> I'm not. And so uh, with my Mamiya, I have two backs. I've got a 120 back and a 220 back. And on a 220 back, you can shoot 120 film. And it works fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's some tricky issues that you have to deal with, but not much. But I also can shoot 220 since it's a 220 back. I thought I knew how to load 220 film. I'm pretty sure I do know how to load 220 film. But you're second guessing. I'm second guessing myself because when I pulled out the film when I was done shooting all 20 exposures, it was backwards, meaning that I shot the film backwards, sort of like the way that you shoot red scale film. You flip it. And so this was flipped. I don't know how I would have done that. So the other option is, well, the option is I screwed up, which is probably what happened. Or in the factory, they switched out, uh, They in, in the factory, they got one of the backing papers wrong, one of the end papers wrong, which is unlikely. It's possible, but, but really unlikely. I was very unhappy about this because you lose 26 by 7 shots. That's a lot. That's a lot of shooting. That was at least two towns. Oh, probably more than that. When you make a mistake, you want to find out what happened and you want to find out how to remedy it for next time. So I figured out what happened, probably. And how to remedy it is, fuck it, I'm never shooting 220 film again. (laughs) And I gave Vanya all of my 220 rolls. Yay! (laughs) You had no 4x5 issues, really, did you? Uh, Yes, I did. Oh, did you? Yes, I for I forgot to close the shutter after focus because you know I have the shutter open when I'm focusing. I forgot to close it and I put in the film and pulled out the slide and looked and was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> One of the other things that I'll do, and I did this a number of times, is that I will pull the holder out of the back before putting the dark slide in. I do not know why, but I won't pull it out all the way. I'll lift it up the tiniest, the teeny tiniest of a fraction of a millimeter, (laughs) just enough to let all the light in. And as soon as I do that, I remember, oh, yeah, I have the dark slide in my hand. What do I do? Ah. I've seen him make a few mistakes and just watching it is... It makes me so sad. (laughs) Why? He's so like, he takes it kind of, you kind of take it a little hard. You're kind of hard on yourself sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. You get kind of disappointed. I get very Um, disappointed in myself. Now that we're back and we're done, uh, not done developing, but done shooting at least, um, we've learned a lot, probably. We should have learned a lot. What would we do differently? I did take notes. Yes. But I would take even better notes. Whoa, better notes? Why didn't you think of that before? <laughs> um, more detail. Yeah. Maybe a smaller notebook that like fits in a pocket Ooh. instead of like a big one. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't big. It's 
you know, basic note size. Sure. I just I just think maybe something smaller, but something I can really um, keep in my pocket mm-hmm. with with a pen attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't lose it. Sure. Because that was an- another thing. Uh, there was a lot of times where I was walking around town. So I knew that I was not going to be writing down all the settings. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sucked because there was moments where I now I wish I had not just the settings for my four by five, but for the six by seven um, and the six by six. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of, you know, an issue. Um, I would say... Uh, less crap in my camera bag. Um, the, my camera bag was kind of a mess. I just think a little bit less fluff, you know, less camera stuff in there. Okay. Honestly, I don't know what was going on. I, I kept on like looking and for things and losing things and lantern caps would fall off and then I'd have to like dig everything out to get it. It was just kind of a pain. Uh, better organization in my van, uh, which was kind of difficult because I did technically do two separate trips. Yeah. I was like camping with my daughter and then I was like photo camping. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I need like a better like day pack and has me like super inspired to get like something that just like fits on my waist. I can just clip on and have all my stuff yeah. there. I mean, this is kind of how I travel and this is how I'm used to traveling. So I don't, I'm always doing what, I'm not sure I have anything to add. Like what I would do differently. Um, I've been doing the same thing for a few years now with some minor adjustments here and there. And, and I just kind of do the minor adjustments here and there along the way. I mean, I, di- I do things differently than you. Oh, my. Yeah. Would you pick anything up from that? Ice. <laughs> you carried ice. I don't carry ice. And I actually bought a little cooler so I could carry ice because you started putting ice in your in your water that you're drinking. And I don't know. This is something I don't do on the road. And it was so refreshing. <laughs> I know it's, it sounds crazy to think that ice water is refreshing on a hot day. But my God, it really is. Maybe yeah. the best part of the trip, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe better bug spray if there is such a thing. Yeah. Pure uncut D. Pure uncut D <laughs> would be perfect. But as far as photography goes, I think we're both both pretty happy with what we did. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Which is weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty comfortable. I mean, we don't live next to each other <laughs> at all, but we That's talk true. to each other all the time. So it we're very comfortable. Yes. You know, yeah. I could tell you if I'm uncomfortable yes. in a place or whatever, yeah. or if I don't want to shoot somewhere. And, you know, we just, we get along well. Yeah. It works well. If I'm, if I'm being like a, a, a self-righteous little bitch, she lets me know. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got some zine reviews we actually have a bunch of zines that came in the mail while we were gone uh but we're gonna start with two zines this week and then we have a bonus scene that we'll talk about as well go first what have you got (laughs) Hex's Unintended Obsessions. Ah. This is a eight and a half by 11 black and white zine with photos taken with several different cameras like the Nikon FM2N, mm-hmm. FE2, and Yoshika Dental Eye, which I'm 
very interested yeah. in. He shot a lot of different films, uh, such as like Ilford HP5 Plus and Triax, uh, Delta, and even some expired Plus X. Uh-huh. So it's pretty interesting. Each spread is one photo. And I really actually like this. It's such a bigger, it's a big zine. Um, but the use of negative space was wonderful. The bokeh and wide open shutter captures like these <laughs> super moody, <laughs> dreamlike, softness, amazing flowers. The- this is just like, uh, this scene is wonderful. There's some softness. The grain is present. Um, there's sharpness, uh, very shallow, like depth of field. It's, it's, it's wonderful. So I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before. You have, but I'm, a big fan of men who shoot flowers. So um, this is basically what the zine is. It's pictures of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> the zine comes with an excellent intro. This review does not do it justice. I don't know. Just the way that he explains the zine and where he lives, it's very poetic. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share a few lines from it. Sure, go for it. Shortly after winter would lay its first coat of white, in some unintentional way, I think those colors live in the peripherals of my perception for the sake of survival in a place where darkness thrived. The longing for light and color could drown you in a place where you might not see the sun for weeks, even months. So when that colorful burst comes, you know it is temporary. Yeah. I know that he's taking a month off of his Etsy store, but I'm pretty sure these are still available. I would probably just message him at Haxis on Instagram. That's at H-A-E-X-E-S. And Eric, yes. you got a zine. What is the zine? I got a zine from a kind of a local fellow who uh, has been following us for, for a while. And his, his work is, wow, it's really good. I checked his website. It was wonderful. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, the zine is called Wanderer or Wanderer. Um, it's, you'll, you'll see. Uh, Welcome to Tacoma by Jason Boehner. I think that's how you pronounce it. I always wanted to shoot Tacoma. I just never have. It's one of those places that's kind of too close and yet too far away to kind of get to. Uh, I once bought a really shitty Vespa there, and the place really captured me, but I I just never went back. Jason's zine features everything from 35mm to 8x10 tintypes. His film choices are even more varied. He even uses Slow Meow. The text throughout, and there is text throughout, it's a short history of Tacoma. It's kind of cool. Uh, but the photos are, you know, the photos are obviously what they draw here. And I like to say that Jason shows his places that the tourists don't see, but tourists really don't go to Tacoma, which is honestly big, big, big plus in Tacoma's favor. Uh, for the most part, I think people from Tacoma, they tell everyone how bad Tacoma is to keep it from becoming another Seattle. I think it might be a really <sighs> nice place. The photos that are in the zine, they feature some abandoned places, some bustling locations, and a bit of just straight up architecture. Uh, there are photos I, I wish I would have taken a lot of these. He has a, an eye, I don't know if it's similar to mine, but it's an eye that I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's not similar to mine but i wish it were i really hope that he continues to publish this and i hope he does it frequently uh, i've seen a lot of his work on his website and on on his instagram account and it's it's worth following it's worth really following his photos really deserve to be seen they're unique they're kind of otherworldly and he has a love for tacoma a city that doesn't get much love. Definitely message him at Jason Boehner, and that's uh, J-A-S-O-N-B-I-E-H-N-E-R. He has a website as well, which we'll have in the show notes. Definitely worth picking up. 
Okay, so we have another zine to not really review, I guess, but to talk about and to convince you that you need in your life. <laughs> this is a little zine called... It's wild and crazy. It's a little zine called 6 by 7 Zine. And there is... The first issue is out, and it features two photographers that you might be a little familiar with. It's uh, Vanya and me. This is our zine. We put out a zine. <gasps> we did it. We did. Okay, so we've been like working on this zine for quite some time. A long, um, long time. Yeah, a long time. Well, we've been talking about it for a while together, and we, um, we, we were taking our time. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, obviously the shit hit the fan. And we decided that we didn't want to announce it right in the middle of quarantine because we thought that was too thirsty. Some time has passed. Some time has passed. And we need to fund this podcast. So, yeah, we got a zine. And it, it is uh, 60-some pages. It's a big zine. It's a really it large is. zine. It's, you know. It's almost like a book. It is. It's perfect bound. It's not stapled. Um, the layout is, it's a little odd. It's not your typical photo zine or photo book layout there's stuff happening here it took a lot of work on our part to kind of get things the way we wanted it and and we hope that you appreciate it it's something that we've worked a long time on quite enjoy it the photos were all taken with the mamiya rb67s we both shoot that as you may have gathered the differences in our photography i hope stand out and don't clash you'll see vanya's photos on the left my photos on the right, and sometimes there's a little bit of sharing and bleed over, but for the most part... You can kind of tell who's taken the picture. <laughs> but there's even some similar locations. And what we did, we tried to... I think it was our way before we, we shot together, really, uh, of saying, while we're very different photographers, there's a lot we have in common. And yeah. I think this zine really draws that together, that we do have a lot in common as far as photography goes. I think you guys will like it. It's um probably it's probably the best thing I've done. Shut up. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> so I hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope that you pick it up. It will be available on my Etsy site, which is Cons of Cart. I believe it is Cons of Cart, yeah. <laughs> and we'll have links to that in the show note on Instagram. Yeah, I'm really excited. We've been kind of very secretive about we it. We have. I think we're charging fifteen dollars for it. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a little okay. I mean, granted, maybe a little on the pricey side. Our last scene was three, Our, so yeah. it's a bit of a jump. Yes, <laughs> um, shipping to anywhere that's not America will probably be a little on the pricey side. So if you can't pick it up for that reason, we absolutely understand. And you know, it is it's fifteen. So if you can't pick it up because it's a little too salty, we understand that as well. These are, believe us, these are they're pretty tough times. <laughs> we get it. So if you can pick it up and you really want to we we would really appreciate it it's something that we're really proud of we're very very proud of this scene yeah and most of these photos um have not been posted anywhere no most of these i think all but one or two of mine are, i've never been seen before and i think it's almost the same for you yep yeah i've been holding off <laughs> both. on we some both good have, stuff yeah well we hope so i hope you guys like it uh it should be available by the time this episode is up I guess that's all the podcasts we've got for them today. 
Yeah, it's, I think so. We yeah. just have one last thing. It's the question for the next episode. That is correct. We do. Uh, the question for the next episode is kind of going off on our our weird rant that we did on uh, Gear Talk. <laughs> we, did, we did some Gear Talk, so now it's your turn, sort of. Uh, it's Gear Talk with a little bit of a twist. Do you have a camera that you don't shoot with anymore, but you just can't part with it? Whether sentimental reasons or, well, I hope it's I hope it's only sentimental reasons. I hope there isn't another reason that you can't part with. <laughs> Actually, if there's another reason, please tell us what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell us what camera it is. And if you would like to tell us why, Please tell is it us. haunted? Does it follow you around from place to place when you move? Do you bury it in the backyard and it shows up on the counter the next day? I don't know. Tell us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, lead us out. Okay. Well, that's all about all the podcasts that we have for you today. If you're still here, thank you for... Thanks for sticking with us. It's been a long one. Yeah, it has been a very long one. So thank you so much. Yes. Uh, if you would like to contact us, we are at allthroughalens.podcast on Instagram. By email, it's allthroughalens.podcast at gmail. And we're allthroughalens on Twitter. Kind of. Vanya is at surfmartian. And Eric is conspiracy.of.cartographers. Both on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, make sure to hashtag your stuff, allthroughalenspodcast, to be featured. We will do this. We will get back in the swing of things. And we will do things. We also do a Spotify playlist for each episode, so check those out and see what we're listening to. Just search all through a lens. The one that I'm doing for this episode is one of my favorites. So, yay! <laughs> you can also find our episodes on Spotify, as well as on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever the hell else you're finding podcasts these days. Subscribe and leave us a review. The music you're hearing now is from Last Regiment of Syncopated Drummers, which you can find at lastregiment.com. And thank you all so, so very much for listening. <laughs> we love you. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Bodie. <laughs> you want to go out and shoot? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. Let's go. Did you ever shoot with that or did you just give up? I gave up. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>